Hey everybody, welcome to another Step Outside with Paul Burt podcast. Joining us today is a legendary guest from Tackle Tactics. This guy knows more about fishing than fish. <laughs> no about fish. <laughs> Justin Wilmer, good morning to you, buddy. How are you, mate? <laughs> good morning, Paul. Good to join you. Do you have scales? <laughs> oh, I've got a few too many kegs on me, so I don't even want to look at the scales. <laughs> be like, you'd be like a groper, mate. I, I'd, be, I'd, <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd be like a really big one. You know those big ones that just sit in the holes in the rivers and yeah. creeks? Yep, and eat, eat about uh, four mud crabs a day. That's me, mate. That's me. I'm a, a big stargazer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, you know, at, um, like, like humans, uh, you know, they have, um, they emulate their dogs. Like you look at a, a person who has a, a chihuahua, very similar facial <laughs> attributes, and you look at a person who's got like a pug, and very similar. So, you know, mate, yeah. My favourite. My favourite target species is a flathead, so that's not a real good thing for me. <laughs> I like stargazers. Mate, uh, <laughs> hey, mate uh, we saw on our recent episode of Step Outside talking about um, you know, UV being put into soft plastics. Now, I guess I just wanted to touch on that because there's a lot of people, if you walk into a lure shop, whether it's Anaconda or whatever, and you know, you, you're greeted by this amazing lure wall, and it gets a little bit daunting because you're looking at a whole rainbow of colours, and then you move up a bit further and you've got your, your tita, your jig heads, and then you've got soft plastics. Mate, tell me, when you put UV into a lure, what benefits does it have to an angler or to the fish? Yeah, there's a lot of, there's, um, you know, you'll get those anglers who are just like, it's all about the profile of the lure and the action of the lure, and that's fine, but a lot of the time we're looking for every advantage we can get. So the UV side of it, scientists believe that fish actually detect UV light and they use it for finding a mate. So, you know, I guess like, we, you know, put the lipstick on and out you go or whatever. Same with them. They can, they can at different times of the season and stuff, they can light up so that other fish see them. So finding a mate, uh, communicating with each other and also foraging for food, and that's the important one for us is that we can add UV to lures so that fish can detect them more easily. Mate, I guess it's, uh, you know, when, when you put any additive that's put into a plastic or whether it's the, the feel, the shape, the colour, the texture, whatever it might be, it, it is about tricking the fish into into biting because it's not it's not real. It's not a live fish that's got a beat, the heartbeat or anything like that or, or gives out that scent. But we're trying to attract the fish to us every possible way that we can so you have uv but also when we talk about say z-man uh lures 10 by tough of course mate those particular lures they they have uh, a, a scent that's been put through to them as well is that in the packet or within the plastic itself yeah some of the some of the lures you'll see on the packet says scented mm. and that's scented with procure super gel right. uh, otherwise you can get procure super gel in a tube and scent the plastic so so, you know, a lot of the time people are they're choosing a particular action of plastic or, or shape of plastic, matching the hatch, like we say, and then it comes down to what colour, adding scent, UV, those sorts of things. So our, our eyes are very similar to fish's eyes in that they're lens-covered eyes, and they've got cone cells and rod cells. So I'm not a scientist, but my understanding is that the rod cells detect contrast in low light, whereas the cone cells detect colour. So we see about 10% blue light and then mainly red and green. Depending on the fish's environment and the type of fish and what it feeds on, 
they see a mix of blue, green, and red. So, you know, Flathead love pink lures. Yep. Snapper love new chicken glow. Whatever it might be, it could be defined by the water clarity. It could be defined by the target species that they're eating. Yep. But the trick is with UV, they say, so ultraviolet light is UV light, which is beyond violet. So for us as humans, we see the rainbow up to violet. Right. Fish see beyond violet. So they so we need to use a black light torch, which emits um, long wave UVA light. Right. So it's allowing us to see what the fish see. So you'll see tackle store guys walking around with a black light torch, shining it on the lures, yep. uh, like we did in that video where we were yep. looking at the different lures and how the UV reacted. Yep. So that, that UVA light basically kills off the other light and just highlights what the fish see when that lure fluoresces, how it reacts to UV light. And, and you mentioned the word fluoresces, and that's exactly what happens because it, it, they, they tend to glow in these amazing colours. And like you said, you're not really seeing it with the naked eye, but under the black light, it's a totally different kettle of fish. It, it, the lure, yeah. it, the lure is, is, it, it transforms into something that you just go, it's got the wow factor. Because you're not seeing it with the naked eye, you know. It's, it's incredible how that UV or the black light actually works with the UV. Yeah, and it just allows us to see what the fish are seeing. So when those guys are designing the lures and they're, and they're adding UV additives and, and making that lure pop, they'll, they'll be working. Sometimes it's a subtle UV where it might be there might be no UV in the belly and there's just subtle UV across the back. Because, you know, you might be fishing clear water, bright days. You don't really want it blowing the fish's head off. No. Whereas if you're fishing dirty water, murky water, low light, you might really want a, a lure that absolutely reacts with UV and really, really pops to make the most of what light's available in that murky water. So motor oil is a prime example. You know, it looks like beer bottle amber colour. It looks pretty boring. Yeah. You hit it with the black light torch and it just absolutely pops bright green. Mate, um, and obviously when your motor oil seems to be a, a fantastic colour for, for bass, um, obviously, and therefore if we, I guess if we look at that particular colour in the dirtier water, is that where we're sort of going with this as well? Because fish, you know, whether they're in a, a you know, flatties, even if it's dirty, they like to try and find that little bit of clean water. Um, bass, yep. generally in a freshwater environment, your bass, you know, the water can be clear, but it also has a lot of uh, sort of, uh, I guess, uh, sediment through the water as well. Um, is that why we're trying to, to get that UV to, to, to get that fish, you know, to hit that lure that's popping? Yeah, yep. And you'll see you'll see in a lot of comps, uh, tournament fishing guys, if if the water's clear and it's a bright day, they'll fish non-UV colours, trying to make it look more supple and natural and that sort of thing. Right. And if the water gets dirty, murky, a lot of sediment, like you say, tannin stain, then they'll go to the UV colour to get that additional pop to give the, the fish that extra chance of, of finding that lure, okay. and it's and it's not it's not all about UV, you know, but the, it's definitely that that motor oil colour and some of those UV colours have definitely dominated, especially when the water's dirty and the fishing's a bit tougher. Mate, so Gold, Gold Coast, you know, a lot of your crew down yeah. the Goldie there. For us, I know fishing the Flathead Classic, we've had events where on the run-in tide the water's clear, mm. and you fish a, a clear opening night or something like that, like a really clear natural-looking plastic. Tide turns to run out, gets a bit dirty up the back there and that sort of thing, and we'll switch to a classic like the Gold Rush, the black and gold, yep. because that darker colour gives you a bit of, better silhouette in the dirty water. Yep. And it's got glitter in there as well, which is another factor that people should consider. So UV is great for catching that light, and so is glitter. So a lot of flash, like a scale flash. 
Right. And, and you always notice this. We were up at Harvey Bay doing some filming about, I don't know, about a month ago or something. And the amount of, uh, uh, like, you know, fish in the water, mackerel and tuna just going nuts on the bait fish. You'd see it on the horizon. You'd bolt over there, bolt over there as fast yeah. as you get there. And all the fish were gone, but what was left in the water, mate, there would have been a billion scales as they just, <laughs> as they just sort of, you know, just floated with the current everywhere. There was, it was an absolute aftermath of a, of a bait ball bash. And I guess you sort of sit back and you think, well, I don't what you're saying, you know, the glitter, you know, shows and emulates the scales of a fish. It, it's the attractant, uh, you know, similar to, to, to a school of bait fish or a bait fish in the natural environment where the fish are hunting, yeah. hunting that particular uh, species down to, to have lunch or whatever it might be. Yeah, and you, you see it a lot. Like for me, fishing Fraser Island, a lot for Taylor and Queen Fish and Trevally mm. and that sort of thing, you'll see the, the bait fish flicking out in the uh, in the gutters and that sort of thing. So you're like, oh, here we go, here's some bait. And as soon as you see that bit of flash, then we'll get our soft plastic out there and give it a few twitches or a little stick bait or a metal slug and yep. get it out there and try and we get it out there and act natural with the bait, give it a few twitches, mm. get that scale flash happening. Mate, tell me about, um, you know, you love your fishing across the board. Mate, when it comes to flatties, for example, what's a, what is the, the favourite lure that you think is, a you know, a, a, a gangbuster? Are we looking for, like, the vibe style? Are we looking for a soft plastic style or a diver? I mean, what each has its own use. But what, what are your suggestions, yeah. say, in a... You know, a, a standard sand flat, you know, five foot of water, a little bit of weed bed action. What would you go for in this situation? Yeah, I, I think I think a great starting point for people is a, a soft plastic because they're so versatile and simple to fish. You know, they, they look like a bait fish. They're soft, so they feel real, so the fish keep biting them. Put a bit of scent on there and away you go. So for me, I predominantly fish the three-inch minnows for flathead. If I could only have one plastic, that three-inch minnows is the perfect potty mullet or whiting profile with a large aggressive paddle tail, so it's really going to draw those fish into the lure. Mm. And you know, a lot of guys fish nice and light; they'll fish a one-eighth or a one-sixth ounce, and I'll generally fish a quarter ounce. So I fish a little bit heavier in that flat situation, and keep it moving and keep it bumping into the bottom, so it's stirring up the sand and attracting the fish. But that, you know, an indication of colour. That three-inch minnows we do in about fifty-five colours. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big tackle box edge. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's and that's purely for anglers. And people keep asking for more colours still, you know. So there's there's light natural colours, there's dark dirty water colours, there's fluoro colours, there's UV colours. Yeah, it's just insane. Of course, it comes down to the retrieve as well. I mean, yes, you could cast a soft plastic out if you're in a boat and just let it drift along, probably catch a bit of weed. But if you're you, the retrieve is so important, and so too it comes down to the the leader. Because if you're running a, a one six one eight or maybe a quarter ounce, like you mentioned, is that if your leader is too heavy, it then can impact the actual movement on the jig head. Is that right? Yeah, it can also. I guess it can. If you go too heavy with leaders, it can dampen the actions of lures and that sort of thing, and it can also either the lures parachuting down or the leaders falling first, it just messes with your connection, I guess, with the lure. So a lot of the, a lot of the time you'll find people will just fish six to eight pound braid, maybe 10 pound braid, and a 10 pound leader is pretty standard. And then if there's lots of big flatties in the area, they might up that leader a bit. And then and then there's fluoro leader and there's monofilament leader as well. So there's you know benefits associated with each one. 
mate, when it comes to the retrieve, um, obviously there's a you know, there's a, so many different retrieves out there, but obviously just a standard because people when they when they buy their plastics, whether it's got the paddle tail or, or just a straight like a whip tail on it, but mate, is there a different retrieve to suit those two different styles of lures, for example? Yeah, I always recommend that people just fish the plastic where they can see it beside the boat or in the water in front of them and just hop it around and slow roll it and move it back and forward and just watch what it does. Because like you say, some plastics like a paddle tail or a curl tail have got a lot of action built into them. So great for people starting out and great for kids and that sort of thing. And and you can really retrieve that any way you like and the tail's going to work. Whereas a jerkbait style profile with that more just a straight pin sort of tail, you've really got to put the action into it. So that'll be a bit more shaky or hoppy or twitchy to make it replicate uh, a darting bait fish that's trying to get away and that sort of thing. Which would be ideal if you're flicking for dart, queenfish or, or tuna, for example, because it, it, you know, you, you've got a little bit more of a faster retrieve where you can give it a bit of a hop on the way back. Yeah, and snapper and that sort of thing as well where you want to get down deeper. So, so generally, you know, a lot of the estuary fishing that we do, we will fish paddle tails and curl tails because there's lots of action to attract the fish. Uh, a lot of guys do like to go to a, a plastic without action, like a jerk bait, if it's windy because you can cast further with it. If there's a lot of current and it's running fast, you can get it down with less weight, get it down a lot quicker. And that's why they dominate in the surf and offshore as well because you can throw a long cast, you can sink it down quick because there's not a lot of action in the plastic, and then you can shake it and do your thing with it when it gets down there. Okay. All right. Mate. I mean, it sounds interesting and at the same time complicated for an angler. I mean, you know, we, you and I, we're both seasoned anglers, but for people getting into it, what about yep. their, what about their weight of their rod? Um, you know, you don't want to go, say, a you know, six to eight kilo flick stick with a 4,000 reel if you're running a quarter ounce jig head on a three inch, you know, plastic. So to go, to, you want to knock it back a touch, don't you? Yeah, and I, I generally look at sort of what I'm what I'm wanting to fish on it as as much of what you're wanting to catch. You know, a one to three kilo rod is fantastic with a you know one thousand or twenty five hundred size reel for flicking around those light plastics, the Ned rig, or you know to one twentieth, one sixteenth, up to an eighth, and then I sort of step to <clears throat> step to two to four kilo, which I'll throw one eighth through to about a quarter ounce. Yep. And then I step up to a three to six kilo when I'm fishing three eighth ounce and half ounce jig heads in the deeper sections of the estuary. Mm. It just gives you a little bit more casting power and a little bit more control of the plastic mm. because because realistically we're, we're imparting the action a lot of the time on the plastic. We're driving the lure and that's what I, I go out with some guys and I'll, I'll watch them fish and I'll just do the same retrieve, same retrieve, same retrieve. Mm. And, I, and I say to them, you know, if you, if you do the same thing, you're going to get the same result. So let's mix it up and change up the retrieve. So, you know, probably the three classic retrieves I, I use is a slow roll, just slow wind. So allow the lure to sink to the bottom, slow wind it, slow wind it over the top of the weed. Uh, burn and kill where you give it a few winds and give it a pause. And then the good old one, two, three hops or whatever and pause and let it hit the bottom or get back down there again. So just I think the main thing for people getting into it is mix up the retrieve. And like you say, select gear. 1,000 or 2,500 on a, on a one to three kilo for the real light stuff for him and that sort of thing. Two to four kilo when you step up the size of the plastics and the jig head weights and those sorts of things. Step it up to three to six and you're pretty well covered for most of the estuary stuff. And then, yeah, offshore into those four to eight kilos and 4,000 reels and 20 pound braid and that sort of thing and go and whack a big snapper. 
and that's the thing when you are going for snapper is to you really want to up it up because you'd be surprised that if you're dropping down say a, you know five or a seven inch plastic is that uh, there's a good chance like a big jerk shad or something is a good chance that the snapper you're catching could be anywhere up to five or even ten kilograms because it's those, yeah, those bigger yeah. fish that are going to smash and if you're going too light you've got Buckley's chance of turning those things. Yeah, and a two kilo fish will eat those five inch and seven inch centre jerk shads no problem. So, yeah, one one fish could be two kilos. The next one, like you say, could be a fish of a lifetime. Could be a ten kilo job. And and a lot of the rods these days there too, Justin. They've they're quite uh, light, even though they're heavy rated, which is awesome in this sense because you can have a nice light tip, and they could be a you know an eight to twelve kilo stick, for example. But they feel like a four to six or a six to eight kilo stick because they're so light, graphite composite, and all that stuff but they're just so much work in the body of these particular outfits that you could possibly use for that deep sea stuff, a lighter outfit that has that heavier rating. It's comfortable fishing, I guess. Yeah, it is fun fishing compared to what it used to be. I think back in the day, you know, everyone went offshore with a big overhead and a 15-kilo <laughs> rod, you know, to catch a snapper and that sort of thing. And we caught fish, but now you can have a lot of fun. There's a lot, lot of great technology in rods. A lot of great technology and reels. You know, there's there's spin reels out there now. They're catching sharks on. They're catching billfish on. Yep. You know, on spin gear. It's it's brilliant. Right, oh, one. I think we probably with the snapper too. One thing. You know, we talk about color and we talk about UV and all of that sort of thing. Another factor that you'll find in some of the plastics is glow. Right. And when when it comes to snapper, a lot of guys like a glow plastic. So you'll see them. They're called like nuke pilchard glow. Electric chicken glow, you know, new chicken glow, whatever it might be. So they've got a glow element in the plastic as well. Right. And that's because there's less and less light penetrating as we get deeper. So the glow factor, again, helps the fish to find the soft plastic. So a lot of guys would fish them without even thinking about it, but those new chicken glows, electric, um, uh, new filtered glow, coconut ice glow, pink glow, they've got that glow element to them as well. So UV drops out as we go deeper in the water and glow takes over? Yeah, so just light penetration in general. So it it gets harder and harder for the fish to see things as they get deeper. So action becomes important, but also that glow factor takes over as as it starts to black out down there. So And and of course, if you go into, say, your Z-Man minnows, um, you know, three-inch, six-pack comes in, um, glow chartreuse. That would be yep. something, even though it's a it's a, a smaller three inch lure. Would you use that in the estuaries on say flatties? Because flatties like you know, yep. the pinks and the greens and all that. I mean, is that something you'd you'd throw out there, even though it's completely kermit? Yeah, yeah, it is definitely one of my left field ones that I throw. Yeah, and it and it gets eaten when the fish aren't eating other things, which is great. So, I'll generally run those light natural colours. If it's clear, I'll run the dirt, the darker colours and the UV colours. If it's dirty. And then I've always got some fluoro colours in there as well. And those fluoro colours will react to UV generally. Mm. And then that glow element as well helps them stand out, especially if I'm fishing dirty edges, uh, deeper edges, weed, in amongst weed as well. Those glow colours seem to go well. Yep. When it comes to a hookup, you cast into the weed, you feel the flatty, okay, or brim or whatever it is, it's coming out and you, you, you hook up briefly do you cast back into that area and try, and you've lost the fish, but do you cast back into that area and try and get him hit again or is it you sort of just move on to the next part? Say, because he may have just grabbed the edge yeah. of the tail but not felt yep. the metal. Yeah, and you'll get days sometimes when they just want a tail grab like that as well. So mm. 
I always say if they're tail grabbing, change up the presentation a little bit or change up the speed of the retrieve or bang more scent on and you can get them to grab it. But flathead are one of those species, you've probably had them before, where you're just about to lift your lure out of the water and a flatty has a big swipe at it. Yeah. You drop it back down and he eats it. Yep. So I will generally, I've had them, you know, shake the lure at the boat and you look at which direction they head, you throw the lure over there and they'll eat it again. So they're definitely one of those species where if, if you have a few rattles, keep persisting in that area. Yeah, generally you'll find they're all, t- they're, they're a schooling fish as well. I mean, there could, yes. there could be a dozen yeah. fish in that, you know, the size of a, a swimming pool. Yeah, and we'll often get a, you know, a 40 centimetre fish, a 42 centimetre fish, a 44 centimetre fish. As soon as you get that, you often think, oh, here we go, there's a big female in there somewhere. Correct. And all these males are following her around. So definitely if, if you're finding flooded, it's worth persisting in that area. Um, and just see if you can get that big one. Otherwise, just yeah, keep going down the bank until you find the next patch. And the best thing as well I can recommend for anglers out there is, of course, a good pair of polarised sunglasses so you can actually eliminate the glare and see the fish because many a times you're spotting the, the big flatties in shallow water and you're casting beyond and bringing your lure back. So, you know, without the glasses, you, you've, you're really looking blind into the water. You see the colours, you're seeing everything, but polarised just really just gives you that um, extra added advantage. Yeah, and especially, you know, where you guys are there, like a lot of Gold Coast fishing, sight casting those big fish on the flats is just insane. So mm-hmm. where, where I fish, we probably don't have the water clarity, but you definitely, the, the sunnies are still one of your best tools because you can see the weed edge, you can see the drain, you can see the divots in the flats where the fish are going to be holding. Yep. So you can see the bait. So even if you can't see the fish, you can see all the things that make the fish want to be there. You can see the good structure. You can see the bait fish and all that sort of thing. So definitely an advantage. Justin Wilmer from Tackle Tactics, mate. Thank you very much for your time today on uh, UV and soft plastics. And gear just to get people geared up, ready to hit the water, mate. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, champ. Cheers. Good to chat. All the best with the fishing, everyone. You betcha, mate. And, of course, you'll see Justin Moore on our Step Outside show as we venture into Season 4, which starts next weekend around this magnificent country of ours. Thanks for your time, Justin. Talk to you later, buddy. Cheers, Paul. Fish on. See you, mate. There you have it, everybody. It's another Step Outside podcast. You're listening up here to Birdie. I'll tell you what, it's lovely to have good talent coming on board, particularly people like Justin, because a wealth of knowledge, and hopefully that can impart onto you guys back home who are listening who want to get into... What people might think it's a little bit of a scary subject. Plastics, fishing, what do you use, what to do, and of course the retrieves. Well, we just knocked all that on the head and something you can get out there and give it a crack. We'll see you next time as we step outside with another Step Outside podcast.